A few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Ben uh, preached a message and his main scripture was uh, from John 10, my sheep, you know, they, uh, Jesus talking about the good shepherd and many of us know that scripture. So this morning, I'm old school, I find it hard to put them on the screen so you can leave the blank, look at blank screen, but not many people bring their Bibles anymore, do they? We've got our phones, we have our phones, some might have the iPad. No, no, have you got your Bible? You got nothing? Come on. <laughs> Quarter out. That's all right. I only bring, I only bring my Bible when I'm speaking. <laughs> but I do use the phone. Very good. Very good. Um, I was coming, as we're driving down this morning, it's interesting, those who know me, it's uh, Pastor Ben has a variety of speakers that come here and it's good because different personalities, different ages and different giftings. And my particular thing, and it, it may be annoying at sometimes, is, is sort of more of a prophetic thing. I, um, the scripture says that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And any Bible scholars will know that, that there's the Logos word of God, which is the general teaching in the Bible, and there's the Rema which is the now specific word of God for our lives, individually or as a church. And me being who I am and my personality and my gifting is, I always want to know what God's saying. I always want to know what God's saying now. That's me. That's my bent. That's my gifting. And as we're driving here down here today, I felt oh, I could probably describe myself as the flawed and imperfect prophet. That's probably me. <laughs> Because uh, the way I see things is, is more of that prophetic big picture view. Now they say we can't often see the trees for the forest. But with me it's almost like I, I need to know what God's saying to me now. Sometimes I didn't, don't need to know what God's saying to me now because if I was listening I would know what he's saying because I know what he would say. It's like as, even as children when we're growing up and we, we do certain things in our life, we just could hear the voice of our parents telling us, where we need to you know, adjust things and address things. Maybe that's one of the reasons that we don't often want to hear what God has to say. We're a little worried that we may get in trouble <laughs> um, like that. But let's turn on your phones or wherever, because it's not on the, the backboard, in John 10. There we go. You notice I use this thing because the lip on the, the nice, beautiful looking wooden one is just, things drop off with me. I need a big lip on the end. John chapter 10, the good, sh good shepherd. I bought these glasses. Actually, these are the distant and medium glasses, so I've got to stand back. Anyone, got, uh, anyone have glasses that have got uh, th you know, three different uh, views in them? Multifocal lenses? And I just realised mine are medium. These ones, I've got a medium and distance, so we'll stand back. I can't see a thing then. All right, here we go. Jesus speaking, chapter what we'll read, uh, chapter ten, and we'll read from verse one. I assure you, anyone who speaks over the uh, sneaks speaks sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber, for a shepherd enters through the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. Now, my message today is about his sheep, us as people, in particular Christians, but hearing the voice of God. 
You know, that's the thing for me. Some people ask, well, I wonder if God exists. And that's a question maybe we've all addressed in our life at some stage. But for me, the question is, if God exists, it presupposes, if God exists and he's a creator, then he'll want to connect and communicate and he'll want to speak to us. You know, it makes sense. And uh, so he says here, and the sheep, he's the shepherd, and the sheep hear his voice. What I didn't realise when I read this scripture here five times, because we look at this story, oh, Jesus is the good shepherd. That's what he wants us to know, and he does. But what he wants us to know about that is he's the shepherd and we need to hear his voice. And you know, one of the things is, whether you're a Christian or not, you can hear from God. That's the good thing about God. He's not specific to Christians and those who understand the Bible and read and and so on and go to church. I believe, and in my life and experience and what I've read in the Bible, Jesus spoke to anybody. God revealed himself to the good, the bad, the ugly and everybody. And that's a good thing for us to know when we're trying to relate our faith to non-Christian people or people that haven't been interested in spiritual things is that this is what I understand about the God that I know. If we have ears, if we listen, if we, and we'll have a quick look in a moment how many different ways God could probably speak to us, that God wants to speak to people. You know, before I became and got my life lined up, and I might have shared this once before, but I was just having a little happy time with some friends of mine. And, um, you know, just smoking and uh, whatever. And God spoke to me. Almost, not a voice in my ears, but inside. Anyone ever heard like a voice? Sometimes they, we call it the conscience, our conscience, or there's a voice deep inside. That's, you can just hear that and it sort of speaks to us. Well, there was a very loud inner voice that spoke to me and I wasn't where I should have been with, with life and with God, but I felt and heard God speak to me. And it was quite amazing what I heard. But anyway, this scripture said, My sheep hear my voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he gathered, he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they recognise his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they didn't recognise his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I assure you, I am the the gate for the sheep, as Pastor Ben preached on a couple of weeks ago. He said, all others who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep do not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Wherever they go, they'll find green pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. And we'll go down... To verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too, not, are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. And there'll be one flock with one shepherd. Now this teaching is really important and, it, and it's very comforting to know that the heart of God through Jesus revealed to us is that He's like a shepherd. And back in the day, the understanding. Now, being having a prophetic bent, I know that God can speak to me through many ways, and he does. 
And one of the things that, that sort of maybe some Christians struggle with, that perhaps you're watching a movie or sharing something or doing something with the family and some event may trigger, uh, what is the word, a message that you seem to get from God. Anyone ever experienced that? I was watching a movie last night, for example, and uh, I like the movie. It's a lot of action and it was called The Accountant. And the name of this uh, character in the, the uh, movie was Christian Wolf. I never thought much of it. I turned the channel over and the rugby was on. And I thought, Christian Wolf, Christian Wolf, oh, that's an interesting name. Turned over the rugby and they just mentioned at the same moment, these people say, oh, this is just circumstances. At that moment, the coach of, I think it was the Tongans who beat Australia, was named Christian Wolf. And I said, Judy, I rewound it. What is this? And see, when you've been around and listening to God a lot, I asked the question, God, are you saying something to me? Not realising the scripture I had for today, we read it, the wolf comes to sneak around and kill and destroy. Now, another well-known scripture we're just going to look at in a moment, about the parable of the soils. You know that one about Jesus teaching and when he speaks to people, a lot of people hear, but we do nothing with it. And that's the danger because, and I'm thinking, I was hoping that wasn't talking to me about being the Christian wolf. That's what, the first thing I thought, what are you saying, God? What are you you're saying? But then I realised this morning, Jesus is saying the wolf in our life tries to steal and take things from us. But he's provided Jesus a shepherd to protect us. If we'll follow him, but the most important thing is if we listen. There's many voices and, and, and what I believe God was saying to me in that little un, very unusual time, perfect timing of Christian wolf is there's many voices, even to Christians out there. Not saying that everyone's a wolf, but there's many voices that aren't really saying what God's saying. And I want to encourage you this morning, and you know, it's, I love teaching about the, the, the things of God, the supernatural things, the things that I believe are provable, very provable, and fun and exciting. But we need to understand this isn't just a teaching Jesus had for new Christians or young Christians. If we turn over, turn back, if you've got a Bible or a book there, and it's almost, I've got to check what glasses I have. It's really interesting, isn't it? Matthew 13, verse 11, says this. This is the parable of the soils, but many of you know the story, so we're not going to go into it. The soils being the word of God and how we as people receive and what we do with that word of God. And verse 11, just focus the eyes. His disciples came and asked him, why do you always tell stories when you talk to people? Interesting, let's listen. Then he explained to them, you have been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. This morning, if you're a Christian, and even if you're not, this message is for you. It is God's ordained it for you to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. What a privilege. What a privilege. And he says here, but others have not. To those who are open to my teaching, here's the key to how we hear from God. Those who are open to my teaching, more understanding will be given. 
The key is we have to listen. And I just want to throw this in here. I hope it's not confusing. One of the things I do is look at the church. I always, I don't look at all the Christian shows, but I, I watch every now and again. What's the message coming out? What are people that aren't in the church? What are they seeing when they see the church? What is the message that they're getting? We think they're getting a different message. We need to understand, put ourselves in people's shoes. And one of the things I believe is the wrong message is coming out through churches all across the world to people that aren't Christians. Messages like, we're it, you're, we're, you know, we're in, you're out. Give us money, you will pray for you. And this is not just a one-off thing, this is very common. Send money, we'll pray for you. That's the message they're getting. It's terrible because that's not the message Jesus said. But unless you step back and see what's happening and, and, and hear it, you're not seeing it. You know, the churches right through the New Testament and the book of Revelation, Jesus, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And I said a couple of weeks ago, the prophetic message for this church and individually is, hear you as ears, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. The message right through from the early church to when Jesus comes back again is, you have to have ears to hear what God's saying. Now, I want to finish off, I may not have time today, but I want to finish off with how, um, one of the cultural things of the Western church. Because some of us look at the big churches and look at the, the systems and the controls and people, you know, all like sheep and they just follow what's being said and they, you know, we can react to that and go back and become independent. Now, independent people, well, I don't need anybody, just me and God. I can hear from God for myself. Did you know nearly all the ways God speaks to us, he encourages us to be, have it confirmed. He'll always speak to us in the mouth of two or three witnesses. He'll confirm what he's saying to us. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be living not on bread alone, but every word that comes out of God's mouth. I want to know what season I'm in and what God wants me to do. But if I'm not ready and I want to go off and do something else and go on holidays, guess what? I'm not going to be listening to God when he says, I want you to give me some of your time. Like Mao said, you know, we cost time and money sometimes with life. So we need to have ears to listen to what God's saying, not just to our agenda. And how a safe way of doing that is, and a couple of scriptures we'll look off in a moment, we need to have ears to hear what we not just want to hear, because the scripture says in the last days there will be many that have itching ears. You know what itching ears are? Where we want to listen for those things that will confirm what we want to do. Not what God wants us to do. And guess what happens when we do that? We're not following the shepherd. And so the wolf that's roaming around pulls us and picks us off. Why? Because we're concerned about ourselves and the things we want to do. So it's so important when we hear from God to learn the ways that God can speak to us. And we all know that primarily nothing God says will contradict his word. Nothing. It won't contradict it. How we interpret that is often up for debate, his word, and apply it to our life. But it's so important. But here, in the parable of the soils, is a, we've already read there. So if we have understanding, we're listening to what God's saying, not just what we want to hear, we'll get more understanding. And it says here, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. We think knowledge is gaining information. The way God does it is listening. Listening. And you know, sometimes 
there's this book, I was talking to James, who's not here this morning, is he, James? And I was saying, well, I'm speaking on hearing from God. And he says, I'm reading this book at the moment from a young pastor in New York, from the Hills- one of the Hillsong churches, only about 35 years of age. And he's talking about hearing from God. And I photocopied one of his chapters. And you know what he's talking about? Hearing from God, exactly what God is saying to me, but having to listen to God through other people as well, which is often confirmation and and confirming or explaining what God's trying to tell us. And you know who he said one of the best people in our lives to confirm and speak to us? Because we don't always want to hear what we want to hear. His wives and husbands. Why would that be the case? Because we know they, most of the time, in a healthy relationship, in, in a Christian healthy relationship in particular, that they love us and care for us. Why is it that the gifts, when God uh, sent his Holy Spirit and Jesus ascended to heaven, why is it that he sent gifts to men and women? So we could have fun? So we could see the supernatural? No, so that we'd understand what he's saying. All the gifts are to do with relationships. All the gifts are to do with building people and one another up. All the gifts are to do with how we hear God and what God's saying to us. God is in the business of having his will for our life clear. But in the church today, let me say this. There's been a reaction and independence. I don't need anybody. I can hear from God for myself. Yes, most of us have. But when we're making decisions in life, when God's calling us to go on to maturity... You know what the, the, one of the marks, of, and I see it in the church, because I, I just look at cultures, I, I, I study them, what's happening in the church. And you know, the sad thing is, people my age, my generation, and maybe even older, are lacking maturity. Whoa. Yeah, that's a big statement, Steve. How can you back that up? Well, the scripture says, to the Corinthian church, Paul wrote, clearly, and to the Hebrews, he wrote, by this time, you should be teaching others. But I can't use you in that area. You're not doing, because, you know, you need to go back to the milk of the word. Oh, doesn't that stir our pride, hey, and our age? No one's going to tell me that. No preacher out the front's going to tell me that I'm immature. How does Paul discern what's immature? Well, where you point the finger, where you judge, where you argue, where you debate who and how we should do things, that's immaturity. It's simple. It's in there. And, you know, we have a, a, wide, a, we have a knowledgeable church across the world, the Western church, so knowledgeable, so much information, so much media, so, you know, so many, uh, what do you call it, gifts and abilities and, and things to use, but I see it. And I was talking to someone from our church the other day, and they said, you know, I'm around people and some of these people are whinging about this and whinging about that. I said, I want nothing to do with it. You know, because some people think the leaders or the pastors, oh, you should deal with that. No, whoever hears it deals with it. That's maturity. Someone criticizes my friends, I don't listen to it. Two reasons. One, because I'm loyal to them and one, the Bible says don't. I want to mature. I want to grow. 
you know, and, and one of the things that I love doing and in the gifts, and I love encouraging people to hear from God and to exercise spiritual gifts. I love it. It's like a parent wanting to send your kid out, look, this is God. This, you can experience it for yourself. And we build one another up. But you know, there's very few people. I've had people come to me and say, Steve, because of your age, because I, whatever, I like something about you, can you speak into my life? Yeah, sure. I've probably had half a dozen people in the last maybe, I don't know, five, ten years say that to me. It's nice. But you know how many people actually come to you and say, how do you think I'm going? None. Not really. Maybe they haven't. I've missed it. Because that scripture, better the wounds of a friend than a kiss of an enemy, you know. I don't want to have negative stuff. I find it hard to deal with negative stuff. But in one of the small groups we have, the young adults, and we've been doing it for 20 months, God has shown how being encouraging to one another and positive to one another can build one another up and help us to mature and change. But there's still another level of relationship we need to develop. And through close friendships, you don't have it with everybody. And where those people, where we need to get a firm word from God or a word confirmed that someone's spoken to us, I, I, I react. I, I, I'm not human. I, you know, if someone says you didn't do too good or whatever, <laughs> I feel a bit flat. But you know, when it's someone that loves us and cares for us, what hurts more is we know it's true. Husbands and wives are the best. Family members, parents. But you know, one of the things you never hear about, I don't know if you guys have ever heard about it, but there's things called discipleship in the Bible. Mentoring. Paul says you, don't have, you have a lot of teachers. A lot of people have gifts and ability to teach, but you don't have many spiritual fathers and mothers. These things aren't taught much in the Western church. Why? Because it's relational. Maybe it takes authority and power from the pulpit. Who knows? I don't know. But we need people like family that love us and care for us, that'll speak into our life. So when God speaks to us, and how many, how many ways can God speak to us? I just want to say this so we don't get time. First of all, in, in Jeremiah 33.3, it says, Call to me and I'll answer to you. If you want God to speak to you, ask him. Seriously, this sounds so simple. In fact, God said to me one day, you know, you don't have to try to convince people I'm here. Ask them to ask me. And I've said to people, you know, and they said, oh, I don't know if God's there. I said, look, you know, when you go home, this was just something, it's personal. It's not like a teaching we should all follow. But someone says to me, I'm not sure if God's there. I said, what about going, when you're home, when you're laying on your bed? Here's an example. Just if, if Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, say to God, is your son the only way? Is he the best way? Is he the full way? for me to hear and hear from God. If he is God, I'll let you come and speak to me. We know that God doesn't push himself, but I'll tell you what, he does move situations around where you get to you know, know God's around. But encourage people. Don't try to convince them or bully them or, or brainwash them or Bible bash them. Say, if you want to know if God's there and he can speak to you, ask him. You don't have because you don't. I tell you, the Bible is so written that children can understand it. But the wise, oh, we've got to be something deeper than that, Pastor Steve. 
No. You don't have because you don't ask. So we need to ask. And then the hardest thing the church struggles with today is listening. Listen. How can he speak to you? Mainly through the written word. You hear the word and it's almost like something in your heart and your mind gets hold of that word and said, and it becomes alive. That, that's like it's speaking to me. So the word is the main way God can speak to us. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's not a lot of teaching. There's a still small voice the Bible talks about. You know, some call that the conscience or the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking in here. We just hear that thing speaking to us. Jesus says in the book of Revelation, and we often just refer it to people that are new Christians or coming and opening up to God. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If anyone opens up, opens up. You know, they don't, and, and I encourage people, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to come to and stand here in front of everybody. In the privacy of your own life where you're away, God, are you there? And if they sense the presence in whatever way they do, we don't have to give them our guidelines. Say, God, if you're there, come in. Reveal yourself to me. Speak to me. Circumstances, as I said. You know, I have so many of those situations like, I'm, you know, watching TV. I never thought anything about Christian Wolf. I like the movie. Turn the TV over immediately. What's the chances of that? The coach of a rugby team having the same name as the guy in the movie at the, exactly the same moment. So I'm silly enough to think, God, you just want to say something to me? Christian Wolf, and I was worried. As I said, I was worried. <laughs> what are you saying? And then I realised, oh, it's to do with the shepherd. Why is it that so many people emotionally, physically, Mentally, health-wise, are picked off. Because we come and we gather together in the name of Jesus. But how many of us actually encourage one another or confirm? And we come to church and say, God, is there some way that you want to speak to me to encourage someone today? I've been in situations only a couple of years ago, one Sunday morning, where I was thinking, I need to go to a church that's open to God speaking to me through them. I, didn't, I couldn't think of any. How sad is that? You go to church and hear beautiful worship and great teaching sermons and whatever. But how many churches you know if you walked in there, there would be people, ordinary churches, small churches, medium-sized churches, whatever, the people that are just open to God's spirit. And someone would walk in and say, I don't know who you are, but I just feel God's given me this word to share with you. And like me, they could have been at home saying, God, I need to hear from you today. I'm a Christian. I know you've spoken to me before, but I just need to get some encouragement that you're still around and you still care for me. How powerful. God speaks to us through others, through other Christians. But we need to build trust and confidence in community. For those who've been a visitor to our young adults group, few of you have and have come and shared their story. None has come. And we love to hear people's stories of God's love and grace in their life. But you know what happens? Then the young people will minister and speak to Nonna. I'm sure you, everyone that comes gets 
a prophetic word of encouragement. That's what the Bible says. It says everyone can have a word. But we need to be open to it. We need to listen. And then, you know, the responsibility. If it is God's, is the, here's the question. If God speaks to you and you get a, a, a supernatural confirmation, you know, I, I saw this, I had a dream last night. It's uncommon. The Bible says in the last days, I'll pour my spirit out on everybody. And there'll be dreams and visions and prophetic gifts where children will prophesy. I know that's what God wants to have. I know that because the Bible says it. But we need to get with one another and stir up the gifts within us, encourage one another, that that happens in our ordinary life. So people can experience God's supernatural, not come and be, you know, we come and we just want a good message and good worship. Wasn't the message good today? Wasn't the worship good? God doesn't care if the worship was good. I'm telling you, that's what it says in the Bible. He says in Psalms and Proverbs, I don't care if your worship's good, if your heart's not where it needs to be. It's great we can worship together and praise together. That's a blessing and a bonus. But God's interested in your heart. When Jesus started his ministry, what was the problem he had? We could say, oh, it's hard-heartedness. and It was culture. It was Christian culture. He said you should be interested more in, 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 in forgiveness and, and where your hearts are and your relationship, but you're worried about people washing their hands and doing things right in church. That's what he was saying. And I'm telling you, we have as much Christian culture today in the Western church in particular than ever they had back in Jesus' day. We need to understand and hear what the Spirit's saying. Just because they've always done it in church that way, it doesn't make it wrong. But if it, doesn't, if it leaves no room for the Spirit to move, where are we going? The Bible actually says about the gifts. If someone that's not a believer comes in and hears you all speaking in tongues, they get freaked out. That's what the Bible says. But if someone interprets that and speaks what the Spirit of God's saying, or there's a prophetic word which God says, someone's here, that's done, uh, something's happened in their life, blah, 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 and is so specific, you know, God wants to be specific. He is. My dad went to Paradise Church and one day he was just wanted to get together with his small study group and they got together and I met this um, young man from Sri Lanka. And I said to him, how did you become a Christian? He said, someone invited me to Paradise Church. Oh, and during the communion, as was the custom and our traditions, we always have the prophetic words around communion, wasn't it? Because everyone was quiet then. And so, and he said, and someone spoke in my language from my village. So after the church service, I found them and there they are. And said, when did you spend time in my village? He said, I didn't. He said, but the words you spoke were their dialect from my village. God spoke to him supernaturally like on the day of Pentecost. And we think, wow, it can still happen today. Let's shake ourselves a bit. These things God can and wants to do with us. But we've got to get out of our humdrum, let's go to church and I hope things are okay today and I hope someone doesn't upset me today. It's true. God wants to speak to you and I, but he wants to speak to the lost and the lonely. And he does that through supernatural ways, but down to earth and real ways. The audible voice of God, he spoke to people, but you and I, if God spoke to me audibly, I would die. I honestly don't want God to speak to me audibly because I think I'll be dead then. 
That's true. But when I was smoking dope and my friend tried to tell me about Jesus, oh yeah, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't condescending. It's good for you. And sometimes we think if we just get them to church, no, no, if we just take Jesus with us where they're at. We come to church to build one another up, to, to practice, the, really to practice. That's what the Bible, really, when you interpret the Bible, we go to church, we worship together, we celebrate, we have some teaching, but, but mostly we practice how to be people that Jesus can use out there. And I'm convinced, my wife will tell you, I, I'm convinced with all my heart. Because when I became a Christian, all this gifts thing, and it was a bit freaky. But I checked it out, it was in the Bible. And we had supernatural events happening. People that were in Sydney, and I think I've told this story, we went camping. And my mate was a bit of an evangelist, he was talking to someone about Jesus, and we were laying in bed, Judy and myself, we had no kids, and we're married, and we're in the tent, and... Um, and my mate said, come down the river bank. That's when the Darling River had water in it. <clears throat> and, uh, and my friend, he's interested in, you know, Christian things. And I went down there and I'm thinking, yeah, he's talking. All right, let's, it's late. Let's go to bed after half an hour. So I just said, let's pray. So I prayed. The next thing, this guy from Sydney, who I didn't think was a Christian, starts speaking in this really weird language. You know, because us Christians, we get a bit funny about things. And I said to him afterwards, I said, you're speaking in tongues. He said, yeah. I wanted to be a Christian. I did it without talking to anybody back in Sydney and I asked God for a supernatural sign. So he came camping. He came on the Darling River and there was a whole, about a dozen of young people there. I was young then. And, um, and he said, when you started speaking and I heard that supernatural word, that was the word, for, that was the sign for me. So God baptised him in the Holy Spirit and he spoke in tongues. And, he's feel, and, and so that weekend, we got kicked off the property. We thought we had permission, but we didn't. Went back to church, and all these supernatural things were happening. People, young people got saved, my friends, and things. Why? Because I just believed it. And God spoke to me, and I, I, I said, yeah, good enough for me. It lines up. Friends, we've got to change the culture of where churches we're in and what life is to line back up with what the Bible is. And, you know, things like the wolf, the Christian wolf, I don't think necessarily is a deceptive person that's trying to get into the, your life or anything. It's just when we listen to the wrong voices and we start speaking wrong things out of our mouth. That's immaturity. The Bible says, by this time, you should be teaching others. Not, oh, you know, like on the Tuesday classes, yeah, you, you have that ability to teach. No, no, your life needs to line up. I hate, I call it church politics. Though I tell you, I, I, I don't get fired up about too many things now. I used to be a fiery person. You know, I mean, angry, fiery person. And, um, but politics, people bickering and saying, this is how we should do church. This is how, it's too much of this, it's too much of that. You know, I've got this feeling. Tell me if I'm wrong. God hates that. God hates it. Do not judge, the Bible says. Do not point the finger. You know, even when we said, oh, I follow Paul and I follow Paulus, I follow John the Baptist. You know, and I've heard in this church in recent months discussion, like Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, don't argue about you know, who's 
preaching and style you like, whether it's Paul or Apollos or even Jesus. He said, none of us did the job Jesus did. He said, but where you are arguing about your preference and your style, that's immaturity. And we think maturity is about what we know and how we can do something. No, it's not. It's about your heart. God speaks in dreams and visions. And if you're praying for family that aren't Christian, do you want them to see God, the real God? There's two ways of doing it. Ask God to reveal himself and encourage them to open themselves up to any way God wants to speak to them and show himself. The other thing is live it yourself. Be real. Live it. I'm imperfect. You're imperfect. We're flawed. We're flawed. Don't try to bluff it. And sometimes... You know, I think I said recently, for Pastor Ben and myself, I'm a bit slack at the moment with my paperwork. Um, But because we're now part of the Baptist system, I couldn't care less what system we're part of, as long as it's a godly one, (laughs) to be honest with you. And Pastor Ben don't care. But what is good is to have accountability. And one of the things I like about the, the Baptist system is that for Pastor Ben and myself to have some sort of recognition as pastors, We have to have mentors. I'm 64. I've got to go four times a year at least to make my life accountable to somebody. Wow. Now, is that just part of a system or is that God? It's part of a system, but I think it's God. If we as leaders can't be the example and that our life needs to be accountable, we need to make ourselves accountable to somebody, we're just fooling ourselves. Do as I say, not as I do. And some, I just want to finish off with this. One of the ways, the other ways God speaks to us is through your conscience and the peace or lack of it we have in our life. The Bible says, even because Christians, we get so caught up on all the pedantic things. What about those who've never heard the gospel message? You know what it says in Romans, I think it is? Chapter 6 or 7, I think it's there. It says, for those who've never heard the gospel message, God will hold them accountable for their conscience. For the things they know to do right and they don't do it, for them it's wrong. But if we know in here, God's put in every single person a conscience. So every person can hear. We can encourage people, like, you got a conscience? Just wait and ask God, God, is this real? You know, and we know what's going on. And the Holy Spirit witness. How can the Holy Spirit witness? I don't know, you just have peace. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. If God's asking you to do something, and he'll confirm it through dreams, visions, or someone else that you trust will speak. But also, you need to have a peace about it. Oh, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what to do. Guess what? Stop. God is not confused. God is a God of clarity and simplicity and peace. Wait to have peace about it. You know, it's, it's great teaching. It's great teaching that God has for us. But I want to encourage everyone here today. We have, I believe in a creator God, and I don't try to convince anyone else. That's not my job. But I tell you what, because I believe in a creator God, he moves heaven and earth to reveal his love and his goodness to people. Let God be God. Ask God to be God. And say, God, bring dreams, circumstances, anything in their life. You know, give the, you know, 
and God will. He will use you. You know, you are of every one of us here that are Christians today are actually vessels. And, and I don't care if you're 65, nearly 65, 64 or 74, 84. Paul, the teaching in the Bible, Paul says that the end of his life will be more fruitful than the beginning. Why? Because we should gain some wisdom. We should gain some maturity. And one of the things that God may be speaking to some of us today is we've got to stop listening to the wrong voices. Even though these voices could be Christian, they could be nice people 99% of the time. But if they're asking us to do or think or speak what is contrary to the word of God, stop it. Shut it down. Because we say, oh God, show me your ways. Speak to me. Open up the doors of heaven. I will as soon as you do with the unforgiveness. I'm telling you what God will do, do first. He wants us not to be messed up. He doesn't want us to start, a, you know, for example, a career or a business or something like that. God may want you to do it, but he won't get you to start to do that and go into business if you've got an issue with anger, especially if you're 60. He'll say, deal with that because... It could be the right person, the right business, the right time, but if you're not dealing with that, it's going to mess it up. You don't need a prophetic word about that. But guess what? God may speak to you about it. How are we going to react? My sheep hear my voice. In that scripture, Jesus talks about, you know, I, I, I didn't read those scriptures I said, but they're, that, they're so good. He says, listen to my voice. For many have gone astray because they stopped listening to his voice. We think it's just the beginning. I'm a Christian now. Therefore, God's on my side. He can protect me. Yeah, like when I started becoming a Christian, I'm playing rugby. I've got God's protection now. I can go out there and smash everyone else, but I'm all right. And I got sent off. The first game I played as a Christian, I got sent off for dropping my knee on somebody. You know, how immature was I? See, that sounds silly, but I'm telling you, even as adults, we can do the silly things, you know. God wants to speak, and I hope he's been speaking to you today. But I'm telling you what, he wants to speak to you more. He wants to reveal wonders. Remember, he said, even if you have a hunger to hear what he's really saying, even more understanding will be given you. You've been, I don't care if you've been a Christian for 10, 30, 20 years and you might have been struggling for the last two years of your life. It can become turned around and changed and exciting. Why? Because we get lined up with what God's telling us. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds. You know what the word is? It's a word for today. It's a word for today. Not, oh, generally God says we've got to be, do good for people. It's true. That's the logos. It's a general teaching. And so many churches live by the general Christian teaching. Yes, we like these morals. When God's saying, no, I want you to sell that second motorbike and feed the poor. Then the obedience, the results. I don't want to hear that word. There's many times I didn't want to hear God speak to me when I had two motorbikes and a car. I didn't ask. I was frightened what he'd say. <laughs> But God's a good God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. And I pray that in your way, you'll take these broken 
pieces of information that I've shared and somehow you highlight it and make it understandable. That you reveal yourself and your goodness to every single one of us and we have ears to hear what your Spirit's saying to us and we'll see the good results and the good fruit in our life. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we finish with a song?